everybody. I am Damien DiCarlo. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to my new podcast. Uh, this is a break from Retro Game Night Podcast to get into geek and pop culture. We have an amazing amount of guests. We're going to be talking everything about geeks of comic books, movies, uh, wine, making beer, you name it. There's always something to geek out about. So happy you're here. Can't wait. Welcome to Making a Geek. Welcome to Making a Geek. Uh, my first guests on the show are two very talented ladies. They are experts in all things Disney, vacationing, and making pop culture-inspired accessories. Their podcast, The Theme Park Ets, documents their experiences and tips at the Disneyland Resort Parks. Please welcome Jessica Gardner and Ashley Burke. How are you? Hi. Great. Thanks for having us. We're so excited for you in this podcast. Great. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's We're super excited fun. to be the first ones. You are the first ones. Yeah. And you guys got bumped up more recent because I was dying to do an episode about this, just about, you know, Disneyland now that we don't have the parks to go visit. Um, I think it's been on a lot of people's minds. Um, but first of all, before we get to that, how, how have you guys been during the pandemic? How, how have you been coping with uh, being in quarantine? Well, uh, I'll, I'll start. Yeah, you know, um, I'm on Disneyland time and Ashley's on Disney World time. Uh, I'm a Disneyland annual pass holder and for sure as a fan of the parks and everything, it, you know, it's been hard not to go. I would go normally at least once a month. That's like um, the absolute minimum. Um, but that being said, I'm also very happy that the parks are closed. I think obviously it's the right call and I'm happy to wait to be able to drink from my porg again in Galaxy's Edge. And for now I'll just drink from him at home. And, um, and other than that, you know, we still have our podcast and I still have, we still have our store. And so we've just sort of been throwing ourselves into that. And that's sort of been keeping the magic alive and giving me something to do and also catching up on everything on Disney plus. Right. There's plenty to catch up on that. How about you, Ashley? How have you been doing during pandemic? Um, things have been interesting. Um, so I have a, I have a full-time job um, outside of my Disney stuff. So um, thankfully I've been very lucky that that hasn't changed. Uh, like Jessica said, we've gotten the opportunity to kind of dig into the podcast a lot more, record a lot more episodes, um, have some new guests on, which I don't necessarily know we would have been able to do uh, you know, before. Um, so that I think, you know, trying to look at the the positives of this, like what's the, if there are any positives, what can we get out of it? Um, definitely missing Disney world from a, a travel agent perspective. It has been quite the ride. <laughs> um, it has been, uh, you know, it's hard, right? Like I feel for all of my colleagues that do this full time. I feel for them that, um, you know, they, they bank on, you know, the, the money that they make from trips. Um, and so it, it's just been a really tough thing. I also, you know, I think it's hard to watch a place that you love or two places you love so much struggle with, you know, reopening, uh, you know, how to open, what to open, how to please everybody. Like there's just no, 
there's just no one size fits all solution. Um, so I've been trying very hard to just kind of take everything with a grain of salt, give everybody some grace and mercy in this time. Um, and then, you know, hopefully we'll be in a place where we can safely travel uh, again soon. But uh, in the meantime, just, you know, trying to, like just said, catch up on all the Disney Plus that's out there and, uh, you know, keep learning and, and talking about all the stuff we love to talk about. It's, it's really easy to say that we miss it uh, and we really just want to be there and experience all that. But I think, of course, being geared towards safety, everyone, it's in their best interest to not be there. But it doesn't mean we don't miss it. I, I personally miss it. I, I was a annual pass holder for years and um, I feel like I just got my privileges yanked. <laughs> so I, I miss it a lot. <laughs> rug just whoops, like, nope. Yeah, nope, not today. Um, my question to you both, uh, what made you get into this podcast, uh, you know, going into Disney or Disneyland? Was it part of the plan to do the parks or was it just Disney stuff you originally wanted to talk about? Well, we're the theme park ads. And so like Sam the Eagle says, we, in the, in, in the vein of Sam the Eagle, we say, uh, our podcast is dedicated to all theme parks, but mostly Disney. <laughs> and that was a really bad Sam the Eagle. That sounded British, which is not <laughs> <my> <laughs> <name>. <laughs> uh, But yeah, because we're huge Disney nerds, um, honestly, me, we're both, we became friends over our shared love of Disney theme parks. And then I would just constantly pick Ashley's brain because of her travel agent side. Before she was even a travel agent, she was planning everybody's travel <laughs> for us. And so she's just like a plethora of knowledge on all things uh, Disney and Universal related. And um, I just love, the, I've been to many theme parks throughout the United States. Our goal is to cover every single theme park throughout the United States. But we always go back to Disney because that is our, that's, you know, where we spend the most it's, time and where our love it's is. It's OG. It's, it's the, the most fun. It really is the most fun out of all of them. I mean, come on. Nobody <laughs> does honestly, it better than Disney. Yeah, they do it the best. They're the, they're the standard that I think that most theme parks, all theme parks should really hold themselves to in terms of customer service, in terms of, you know, like dealing with the park crowds. I think that they at least try their hardest to make everybody happy, even though they never will. Never, not, not everybody will be happy. And Disney people are particular. Disney vacationers are, are very particular. Right. So we, had, we kind of started this, um, the podcast in particular, was because I, as a, as a travel agent, just got into a lot of different Disney podcasts. And then, you know, on my commutes to and from work or, uh, you know, when we would, Jess and I would catch up, we would just find that we were just talking we talk about other things, but <laughs> you know, just like two hens clucking at each other about Disney this and Disney that and Disney and Universal. And um, so at some point, I don't remember how we came up with it, but I think I had listened to uh, a podcast and I was like, I feel like we could just record the two of us having a conversation and like maybe one person out there besides our family members would find it helpful. Yeah. Find it helpful mm -hmm. uh, because we were finding that a lot of the podcasts were very news focused, which is, is great. I mean, there's a totally a world for that, but there's also a world of people who oddly enough, don't know anything about Disney and are planning a trip and don't know. We were just joking about this, that uh, somebody who listened to our podcast was saying that they're like, I don't know what rope drop is. You guys keep talking about rope drop. I'm like, Oh, right. <laughs> like we're trying yeah. to be a 
narrative and we're not being helpful by using these terms that not everybody knows wait, about. Wait, so. wait, wait. I have to ask. I don't know what that is. What is that? You know what rope drop is? See, no, we need to do a whole episode that's like, here's how to speak Disney. Here's what DDC, ADRs, rope drop, kiss goodnight. So rope drop, uh, the short version of the story is that rope drop is essentially the time of day when literally the cast members drop a rope and you can go to the rides. So it started really with Magic Kingdom where uh, Magic Kingdom would welcome guests into Magic Kingdom before the park officially opened. And then they would all line up in front of a rope and then the cast members literally would like drop the rope. I mean, it's a, it's quite literal <laughs> compared yeah. to other things that Disney uses. Um, now it's used as a term for all of the parks. It basically getting there before the park opens, getting inside the park before it opens so that you have a better chance of getting on some of the bigger, more popular rides. Well, now you just mentioned, Ashley, regarding your uh, work as a travel agent. Uh, I, I, I believe I read that, that you, that's what you do for a living. And then uh, Jessica, it's you-, you Disney are, vacation planner. That's vacation. Not, it's a vacation planner. Travel specializes in Disney. <laughs> Okay. I had to realize there's a difference there. It just has very specific rules, so I have to be very careful about how I portray myself. And you yeah. guys have a whole other lingo and language, so, I mean, of course, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and lots of rules. There are lots of rules that Disney, um, rightfully so, asks travel agents who specialize in Disney vacations. Well, what, what, would, what would be an example of one of those rules? Just curious. We don't have to get through all of them. I was just curious. What um... You know, the like recent one. Oh yeah, so so we have a um uh you know given everything that's currently going on, Disney is very um, concerned about you know what on an official capacity what we're sharing with our clients. They want to make sure that we're sharing what is accurate as of today. So you know they've asked from a photo and video perspective that if we're sharing anything personal, that we're sharing you know photos of people wearing masks of resort only resorts that are currently open and mm. bookable only attractions and restaurants that are currently open things like that and it's really just disney's way of making sure that that we as agents are not putting out some sort of false advertising um but it's all the way down to like you know you know fireworks we're not doing fireworks so don't share photos of fireworks kind of thing right um that kind of thing but it really is disney's way of trying to protect you know, what they do and also setting those expectations for their guests, which is why they're so great at what they do because that those expectations are really, especially now are really important to explain to people before they go. Gotcha. And uh, uh, Ashley, so you do that for a living and you've been doing that for quite some time. Sounds like you're very good at it. And um, <laughs> Jessica, I, I know I you, we, I've, we met a couple years ago and I do know you're an actress and you've uh, been at Comic-Con, you've done a few panels. Um, how do you feel your experience bring what what experience do you bring into the podcast in regards to I'm really good at asking Ashley questions. No. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm editing out all of the things I shouldn't say. <laughs> um, I, obviously, I'm an actor. I've been a host. Uh, I used to be a reporter back in the day for Backstage. And um, 
So I used to do a lot of panels and interviews for the SAG Foundation um, and other outlets at different cons and things like that, interviewing people. And I just love, I love interviewing and listening and asking questions. I was constantly asking Ashley questions. <laughs> so, um, and for me, you know, just as an actor, I love, um, you know, it sort of just keeps you going. Improv it gives me a place to do some comedy and improv and use, try out some of my stand-up <laughs> on Ashley Live. <laughs> <laughs> a lot good. of times I really she's like actually kidding and I'm like really yeah. what Jess uh, sure? she's like no this joke like okay also, yeah. it's also like a partial it has been a partial dream of mine to be a Disney mom like I want to be a Disney Channel mom and last year I was finally cast as a Disney Channel mom on a Disney Channel show so I was like ah, yeah so this is sort of like my little bit of like maybe someday there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, I've heard the podcast. You guys, both you ladies, do a very good job on it, and your Thank chemistry you. is very well. I must say, the chemistry between you two, you can tell there's a really deep friendship there, um, and, it, and yeah, the energies can be portrayed that way in the podcast too. So that's what I took from it. Um, now I noticed both of your Mickey ears, mini ears. I'm sorry, um, which I, I've seen. I've seen yours actually before at the parks, but Jessica, which is yours? Or, or, or are they both mine. custom made? I made mine. As you can see, I'm, in, I'm sitting here in my craft room slash office. Okay. okay. Um, and so I made these. I found this gorgeous, uh, small world inspired fabric on spoon flower and made these ears for myself as, as well as others. The shop actually, all of this really started when I was crafting Ashley some outfits to wear for her run Disney races and some ears to go along with it. And then I ended up opening this shop that was then called Main Street Inspirations. And then we started our podcast and right. we were sort of promoting okay. our podcast and travel in the shop. And then it all, now it's all just one theme park. It's a not, and now I don't even really make ears anymore. I can, I'll make you some if you want some, but, <laughs> um, but I'm That'd more, cool. I, I do custom hand-painted doormats that are pop culture and Disney. Yeah, I've noticed that. You do a really Thanks. good job with it. Do you do them personally yourself or both of you? Yeah, I do them. I hand paint them. So wow. she comes up with a lot of the ideas. Okay. <laughs> I'll, call, I'll text Jess and be like, I think this is the thing you should put on a doormat. She's like, really? I'm like, just try it. Oh my yeah. gosh. She, and she's so great. Sometimes I, I have to trust her. Like she, uh, we had finished watching The Mandalorian and she was like, you have to have one of the child drinking. This is not a spoiler, by the way, if you haven't seen The Mandalorian. Oh, I've seen it many times. Child. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sure you have, but if you're listening, it's not a spoiler at all. Holding the cup and say, I hope you brought snacky snacks or hope you brought snacky snacks in like a Star Wars font. And so I was like, no one's going to buy a doormat that says, hope you like snacky snacks. Um, It's like my top selling. Everybody, <laughs> has, to know everybody has to know what snacky snacks is by now. Come on. Like, yes. <laughs> but I was just like, okay, so thanks, Ash. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> where I suggest things and then they, you know, they don't uh, translate well for, for a doormat. You, know, you only have such a, a small space, right, to put stuff on there. But it's been really fun to think of you know, as we go through different seasons, if you go through different events, we go through different, um, you know, sometimes like when I'll be at Disney World, I'll text Jess and be like, you know what? I just overheard somebody at this table say they wish they could have this and like put it on a doormat. Um, and so sometimes it's just, you know, we're just watching something or being somewhere and inspiration strikes. And we both really love having a little bit of Disney in our everyday lives. Like, you know, Minnie is on my Apple Watch and, you know, I keep my, obviously, Disney things around the home and just things, you know, shirts and whatever that just sort of have like a little inspired by, because I think that, you know, it brings you that little bit of happiness in your everyday life. So that's things that we like. And so that's, 
that's what kind of what we're all about. There was a, an Instagram video I stumbled upon maybe maybe like a month or two ago of a dad putting his uh, daughter into like a little clothes hamper in front of a tel- television and like having a ride the, the ride and was <laughs> just kind of giving her that experience again. And I guess you can still bring the magic home, even though, you know, it's not quite the same, but you know, do what you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, I mean, there's so many different ways. I am a, I am a huge resort music person. I love the music and the resorts. So literally all day while I'm working, that's what I have in the background is the different resort loops from the different resorts. I have a handful of candles that smell like some of the resorts that I burn. But the thing is, like, if you came into my office or came into my house, you wouldn't necessarily know that that's what it is. Right. Um, It's not like Mickey Mouse everywhere. It's all things that are just very subtle. Okay. So I I have to ask about that. I've seen advertising about the smell of Pirates of the Caribbean in a candle. Is that right? I mean, it smells like, well, there's two different smells. You can either get the one that smells like the smoke from the the cannons, or you get the one that smells like the water. The water. Very clever. That that over-chlorinated water. (laughs) Yeah, which is a very specific smell. I mean, I don't know if I want my house to smell like that, but like, I get the bathroom. <laughs> smells like play in the bath. Yeah, you can take that. a bath and play the music from Pirates. Yo ho, Pirates Life for me, and then smell the candle. I mean, that's great. So I have to ask, with all the Disney characters, when you go to Disneyland, obviously we all have favorites and rides and things like that. But before we get into that, I was wondering, do you both have? Uh, I'm sure you do. Favorite characters in the Disney World? Ashley, you go first. Okay, so my favorite of all time is Belle. I feel like Belle, Belle is my home girl. Girlfriend loves to read. She doesn't take any crap from anybody. Puts guests on her place. I also have a soft spot for it because it's the first, I'm gonna, I'm gonna age myself here. It's the first Disney movie I saw in theaters. Oh, so wow. it very much has like, I'm very sentimental about it. Um, but in terms of characters to meet in the parks, <sighs> I mean, I love me and Belle, but honestly, my favorite character to me is probably Peter Pan. Okay. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, I would say that. He's like the most fun out of all the Disney characters yeah. for sure. Especially uh, if you're wearing something that says it's your birthday. He does not, that is not a thing he's into. He is very much going to call <laughs> you out on that. So I, I appreciate, I appreciate time with Peter Pan if I get to see him. So it's between Peter Pan or Belle, but you would say mainly Peter Pan though. Yeah. I mean, in ter- well, actually, you know what, now that I'm thinking about, I would say, see, this is when we get in the weeds of stuff. This is yeah, why we're this is, we'll about talk it. about this for an hour. I relate to Belle. Peter Pan's my favorite to meet if I'm at Disneyland, but if I'm at DCA, where's Captain America? Got it. Okay. Got it. Uh, Jessica, same question for you. Um, I played Cinderella in a YouTube series called The Glass and the Glass Slipper Confessionals. It's Cinderella after her fairy tale has ended. <laughs> She's not doing very well. She has broken up with the prince who has run off with Prince Valiant. And uh, she's living back with her stepmother and stepsister. So uh, I have a lot of Cinderella in my collection. People have bought me Cinderella for, for years. And, um, but more, most recently, my favorite character is Moana. And, and again, because like Ashley relates to Belle, I love Moana. I relate to her. I love the ocean. And I grew up in the water. And just like that, I just love her. And I love her adventurous spirit and um, doing what she feels like she had to do, follow her heart, which is like I did with acting. So, you know, it's, 
it's uh, I connect to her a lot in terms of taking um, pictures with the character in the park. Uh, when I went to Disneyland 90s night, which was like a Disneyland after dark event, probably my favorite experience was uh, we got to meet Scrooge McDuck. And we were wearing um, Mighty Ducks jerseys, and he loved. He like relate. He like was like looking. He was like, "That's me!" Like you know, we kind of did this whole thing with us being a duck, and we like quacked together and did the flying bee. I mean, it was really fun. So that was probably my favorite character experience. Do you feel that there's both of you? Do you feel there's a correlation between the Disney characters we choose and those that represents who we are as individuals? Sure. Yeah. You think it's most likely than something about us, whether, you know, obviously, Ashley, you said about Belle that you relate most to her. Um, So there's something we identify with each of these characters. For sure. I mean, I think that whether we're aware, whether we are aware of it or not, people tend to gravitate towards characters where they feel like they have something, they they sense some sort of uh, commonality with them. And whether it's from watching the movies or from the music or just experiencing them in the parks, um, I think that they're, that's one of the beautiful things about the Disney characters themselves is that there is one for every person in the world. Um, And that, I, I don't necessarily think if you walked up to a stranger who was in line for like, to meet Buzz Lightyear, and you're like, do you relate to us? I don't necessarily know if they're going to like make that connection, but I feel like if you got into the deep part, you know, screenwriters when they're they're doing characterizations of, of their characters, really think about like the 360 element of that, um, and that doesn't, you know, that extends to animation even more so because you have very little to to work with to make these characters come to life. So I I totally think there is that connection, um, and, and I think that is also I do too. And I think also that's why it's so important that representation really matters. And I think that Disney has really done a great job of understanding that a lot of their early princesses were all blonde haired, blue or not so much Snow White, but they're all white girls. And there's a lot of little girls now that have Doc McStuffins and Elena of Avalor and Mulan, you know, and I think that that's really wonderful. And little boys too, as well. Yeah. Uh, but agree with you not gender not gender bias but just saying i think that that's why representation is so important which is why i'm thrilled for the cover controversial topic of princess tiana taking over splash mountain i'm so excited about that girl needed her own ride i'm really excited excited. the next step is when are we getting a tiana's palace because i want to eat beignets inside of the magic kingdom i know i can get them at disneyland it's fine but on this post and I hate going all the way to Port Orleans just to get beignets. Just yeah. Yeah. Uh, what now that we're into that? What do you? What do you <laughs> now that you two have stirred me into now, now that you've already <laughs> created yeah. this, I have Welcome my. Welcome to when we record our podcast, and Jess is like, I have to edit that out. There's no, there's no editing here. It's all going to be in there. Um, what do you believe these characters teach us in terms of equality? Um, or families, or those that are young in age. Any comment on that? In terms of what they teach us in in terms of equality? I mean, I love, you know, a lot of people, Disney princesses, and they all have to have their their man, or whatever, or their prince. But, I mean, look at Anna and Elsa, and the reason why Frozen, I think, did so well, because that was about sisterhood, and um, not about necessarily the guy. It was more about, like, you know, loving your family and loving your sister. And I just really connected to that. Obviously, I'm not a person of color. So I can't necessarily say for certain that uh, 
that that has helped in any way the discussion of equality but i do i do notice how little girls seem to be reacting in the parks and wearing the tiana costume and wearing you know even pocahontas and Mulan and just like what that what that means you know to someone who who's maybe our age my age i don't know how old you are but I, <laughs> my age who like only had white princesses to look at yeah. you know I, I, that I, that... I, may, I may look young but i'm really old though really okay old. <laughs> <laughs> i'm ancient um okay sure, i, I was sure, there when sure. it opened uh no uh oh. uh so oh. in, in terms of equality i agree with you there seems to be a good line where now most can adapt with almost any character in the Disney world. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel that uh, it, it's, it's just going to continue in that direction with each of these characters? I, I guess would, I would assume there would be new characters that more people will, you know, feel that they could uh, adapt to. I hope so. I mean, I hope so. I think, I think Disney's heading in a, a good direction faster than they were at the beginning. You know, I think if you were to take a timeline of the characters and what they looked like from the start to now, I think you're, I think you're seeing a rapid development of, of more diverse um, stories, more diverse family representation, more diverse uh, characters, princesses, um, you know, heroes and heroines. You know, I think Merida is a great example of a heroine who has her own movie, just like Prince does, that does not matter to her, is not important to her story. Um, you know, I think Disney's acquisition of Star Wars and Marvel, although controversial at the time, has allowed them to really embrace a lot of that. I mean, Black Panther was one of the highest grossing films of that year. Um, and not only is it an amazing movie, but it has also given them a platform to really kind of dig into these stories that historically have been um, about equality, um, about kind of pushing boundaries, about, uh, you know, challenging uh old views and um you know talking about hard truths uh right and i and think so i think that disney's i think we're getting there i don't think they're there yet but i think they're heading in that direction yeah that was my question is if you think it's getting there and i think that with more character development and uh i guess well i forgot how you, you expressed it but just kind of being more bold about it i think that's mm-hmm. gonna pave the way for more different and new diverse characters in the Disney world. Absolutely. Um, in pre-pandemic, you know, I know I just I heard you say one one comment regarding but how how many times would you guys say you visited the parks on average? Did did it have to be homework for your podcast or was it just you would go just for fun all the time? <laughs> sure, it was a business experience. Yeah, let's go. With that. My cat might be watching this. It's fine. <laughs> um, well, Ashley goes to the Florida parks at least once a year on about a week, week-long trip. Um, that's what I used to do. That was always my family trip was once a year to Orlando. As an annual pass holder here in California, like I said, at least once a month, but mostly twice or three times. Every celebration, every chance to go and sometimes i wouldn't even ride a ride mostly i sometimes i just go by myself it's a good sort of mind clearer get away get some good food have a drink hopefully if i do have friends in the parks which sometimes i'm just friends with through instagram or just you know people that i sort of like only sort of know but if you're there at the parks i mean i've met some really 
awesome people. The, the day that I got this, even, I was just thinking about this, the, the day that I went to Galaxy's Edge and got to hang out with Todd Martins, who writes for the LA Times, and he just recently wrote an amazing article about how happy he is that Disneyland is closed, even though he's a huge Disneyland fan, and um, being there with uh, Jody, Jody Hauser, uh, who writes Star Wars comics, and Cecil Castellucci, like these are, and, and just being able to experience it with them, it's just like a place to meet up with your friends, and yeah. I don't need to run from ride to ride to ride like I did as a kid. Right. You go to just hang out and experience. How about you, Ashley? How how many times would you go to the um, one in Florida? I would say, you know, now I'm at, like Jess said, I'm probably once a, once a year. Um, I usually go for about a week. Um, I tend to go for marathon weekend, which is in January uh, because I'm usually running a or multiple races depending on the year. Uh, So I try to make a good trip out of it because so much of my time is sucked up by waking up at 2 a.m. and running and doing all that. I, I hear it's just so big. I personally have never gone to Disney World, but I, I hear oh, it's what? so big. No, never. Can you oh, like, like, <laughs> Let me know when you want to go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, this is the problem is that like whenever we talk to somebody on our podcast, we end up inviting them. We're like, we're going to do a trip with you. We're yep. going to do a trip with you. <laughs> um, There's so many trips planned. Yeah, I mean, I, I've yet to actually go and have the real proper experience. You'd be the right one to go with then if you yeah. know how that goes. Or at least have her help you plan your day. Oh, my goodness. There you go. It's he, in fact, my, my cup is, uh, this is my, my beer garden from Epcot, Germany, mm-hmm. class, um, which once you have a beer from Epcot, it kind of, it's annoying to carry this around. Um, <laughs> but it's huge. I mean, Disney World is enormous. When I tell, like, it, you know, you, you hate to say this, but you can run a marathon through all of Walt Disney World and still not see everything, um, which is 26.2 miles for those of you at home who are, who are doing the math. Uh, it, it's just, it's enormous. And that is, it's funny because I grew up, like Jess, we grew up as Disney World kids. Like we, you know, used coasters, we would go there on vacation. And then when I lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years, I was also an annual pass holder at Disneyland. And I loved the ability like just mentioned to just on a friday afternoon get out of work early with permission drive down go to disneyland for a couple of hours um you know be able to walk to and from the parks that is not a thing you could do at disney world uh or at least do easily um so uh, you know it's a very different beast and whenever i talk to folks who are who are disneyland people going to disney world they're like i'll just walk from magic kingdom to epcot and like that will take you first of all you can't because there's no sidewalks but secondly if you tried that would take you hours also um, people who only went as kids and think it's still the same and so even if you went five years ago it's really different in terms of what you have to do in terms of fast passes and dining reservations. Like you can't just, we always say you can't just show up and go to be our guest for dinner. Like you, you need to plan that three months out, you know, like, like drives me as a Disney fan, but also now as a travel agent makes me crazy when somebody's like, I went and I had the worst time. I tried to go to be our, this actually happened. I had a friend who was like, I tried to go be our guest restaurant and they said I need a reservation. And I was like, yeah. 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 So I always joke, like as a kid growing up, it was just very different. Like my parents took me all the time. Uh, and then my parents came with me when I ran my first marathon there. And my mom especially was just like, what is happening? And I was like, mom, this is not your Disney world. And like, that's the term I use with my clients. Like, it's not your mama's Disney world. It's very different now. Um, and that, you know, for better, or for worse, you've got to do a lot of planning, um, to, to have the vacation you want to have. If you're somebody who goes to Disney world all the time, you know, you don't need 
a lot of that stuff. But if there's certain things you want to do, like, yeah, you've got a plan, you've got to um, have a plan of attack, you've got to do things certain months in advance. So uh, it, it's a little bit more involved. Um, yeah. than our and park hopping is an art now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Rope drop, this park, and then you go to this park, you take it, like, it's, a, it's an whole art and a science. <laughs> now, now, that you're, now, you're, now that you're there between park hopping, uh, what, this is a very difficult question to answer. Ooh. Favorite favorite ride. There has to be just one that you pick. Wait, are we talking about both? Are we talking any, about both parks? Any world and land, or just land? Any Disneyland or the Disney best ride? She has not been on it. The best ride ever created is Rise of the Resistance. And I'm a I'm a Space Mountain fanatic. I have I to go on Space Mountain every time. Yet. And if you had asked me any time before February of this year, which is the first time I finally went on Rise of the Resistance, I would have said. Space Mountain, nothing will ever beat Space Mountain. False. Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Yeah, it's you the also, greatest you ride. Been on Flight of Passage yet either. So, like, I'm, I'm just, I haven't been on Flight of Passage either. So, I'm just saying, I'm, I, you can tell I'm bitter and say, like, I haven't been on either yeah. of these rides yet. But just <laughs> saying, it's also hard for us to make like the best assessment when we haven't been on everything. However, I hear it's free. <laughs> so, it just tells me. It's amazing. It's the greatest. It's it's a, a feat of engineering and imagination and imagineering <laughs> that is out out of this world. Unbelievable. You you are in a Star Wars movie. You are a character in a Star Wars, and you feel that you are, and it's just jaw droppingly amazing how they do all of it. And I I want to be with people when they ride it the first time and just watch them because it's that. I just want to see their reaction, especially so if you're a Star Wars fan, which I know you are, Damien. To go oh, and no, you you know it. Right here, my shirt. January and Jessica literally was like, "We have to go to Hollywood Studios because we have to ride Rise just so I can watch you react to it." Yeah, I need mean, to see very you. That's a request. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If we can go in January, we we'll go. see. We'll see what happens. So uh, they're talking about opening back up in January. Do you think that's really going to happen? Oh, you mean Disneyland? We're Disneyland, talking about going sorry. to. Oh, sorry, we have a trip planned to Disney World for the marathon to run oh, the Run oh. Disney race uh, in January. That was what we meant by January. Um, Disneyland opening in January. You don't think it's going to happen? I, I don't know. I think it depends on how things go in Florida, but California numbers just keep going up and up. And and the difference also between Disney World and Disneyland is those streets are so narrow. That was what they improved when they made Disney World years later. Was they were like, okay, we need more room for the crowds of people. So right. I mean, think of all of those those bottlenecks going into Tomorrowland, even down Main Street after a parade. Just think of it's that. I mean, cramped. You're right. How are you gonna? There's just there's just, even, and I'm even thinking of Rise of the Resistance. Like knowing that ride, I'm like, how would you socially distance on that ride? Like, there's just there's just too many things that I don't know how they would would do. I'm, I mean, initially they were talking about opening it back up with everyone wearing masks, and you know, I I just don't know if that would really work. Like if people would really have a good time that way, would, would, would you do it that way? <laughs> my plan is to not go until it's safe. That's my, uh, that's my plan. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we go back and forth a lot. We talk about this a lot because yeah. you know, we're trying to plan a trip while also recognizing that we might be planning something that may not happen in the time frame that we anticipate it to happen. So, um, uh, you know, I, as a, as a travel agent, I spend a lot of my time 
reading rep trip reports and watching, you know, live streams from the parks and just trying to understand how it's being handled. Um, you know, from, from my interpretation right now, like Hollywood Studios is the hardest park to socially distant in, be socially distant in because it is the smallest. Um, and it's just, it's the most popular right now because of the, the attractions, because of Rise of the Resistance, because of Slinky Dog Dash, because of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So, um, you know, it's, it's just attracting a lot more people than some of the other parks would. You know, Epcot is the easiest to socially distance because it's so big. Right. But it also is the park where people go to primarily eat and drink, which requires demasking. Um, you know, so there, and there's concerns about people, you know, people tend to have a little too much fun at Epcot historically. Um, and then, you know, their inhibitions go away. And so there's, there's that chatter. Um, which what? Is what? We don't know anything about that. I, I, enlighten me, please. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. And heard about the drinking around the world. One drink in each country. It's 11 and drinks. There's 11 of them. Wait, you can bring drinks onto the ride is that what oh, no, no 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 you go to each country and you have an alcoholic beverage from each country oh, oh got it got it okay you have to do it in normal in normal times it's nine ten hours eleven drinks in ten hours is your usual time frame yeah you take like a you take a picture with your country drink in each kind of like you sing at margaritas in mexico and then you get a viking coffee with the aquavit in it in norway it's really it's really fun it's fun, of, but it's a also lot of drinks. That's all. Yeah. That's a lot. And so there's there's that piece of it that you know people are concerned about. Um, and then you have Magic Kingdom, which is you know it's lots of little kids, and um, you know it, so I think Disney is doing the best that they can do with what they have. I'm looking at. Disney World, where I said, like, the parks are bigger, the resorts, everything is bigger, there's more space, and I'm still seeing challenges. I, like, all I can think about is that pathway from Adventureland to New Orleans Square, and literally, like, my palms get sweaty, because there's just no world where you don't bump into 7,000 other people when you're walking yeah. that little tiny walkway. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. There's um, so many of those at Disneyland and there's no, without knocking things down. I mean, I just don't know. Or making it a one way. I guess they could do that. Can only go and, one then way. They were, and then they were talking about uh, lessening the capacity, right? Like only letting a certain amount of people in. Yes. Yes. So they are doing that at, at Walt Disney World. They've cut down the number of resorts that they're open. Um, they are lessening the capacity. You do have to make a park reservation which is a system they would have to unveil at Disneyland um, because it's the only way, especially Disneyland with so many annual pass holders, it's the only way they'd be able to control the attendance at the parks. Um, but, you know, there's no fast passes. Um, you know, all of the line space is used. Uh, there's socially distant workings. I mean, there's the world where you can look at it and be like, oh my gosh, I only waited five minutes to ride Space Mountain. This never happens. And I can get my picture in front of the castle and there's no one around me. But then there's also the other side of it where you don't get to talk to the characters. There's right. no fireworks. No firework. You know, no there's like, uh, a lot of people are, again, I'm just reading these reports. A lot of people are talking about how if you are somebody who goes to Disney a lot, you might appreciate how quiet it is but you also are going to be very weirded out by the fact that it just feels kind of 
empty. Yeah. Yeah. And, And that takes me to my next thought actually is that we don't know how long the pandemic will last. It could last, you know, it could be gone tomorrow. It could be here for the next couple of years. We don't know. But uh, when it comes to children going, as we see it, it's happening in Florida where you can go under certain circumstance, but it is a weird experience. Some kids may not know that, and that might be the new norm. So that takes me to the next question for you both. Uh, do you feel, what do you feel is in the future for Disney, for both parks, post-pandemic as far as the experience? Do you think that will change the face of Disney and its, and its marketing or, or what is your opinion on that? If the pandemic is over, over, I, I see them coming back full force. But I do think that there might be some, this is just my opinion, but I do think that there might be some things that end up remaining the same. I mean, in Disney and a lot, and in theme parks in general, there's a lot of things you touch right? Like think about all the things you touch and think about there's not, there's not been hand sanitizer or a lot of hand wash, hand wash stations outside of going to the restroom. And I think now if those are added into places and oh my gosh, I saw someone today posted a picture of um, how you get like your, your silverware at the restaurant where normally you have to like hit this thing and then grab a fork out of a spot where like a bazillion hands have been like so gross. Right. Where now it's like the Dixie or whatever created something where like it just pops right out and you're just able to grab the end of your fork. And that's like little things like that might change. But in terms of marketing, if the pandemic's really over, I bet they're going to be like, welcome back. <laughs> like, here's all the things you've been missing. And I think, it, I think so many people are, are going to go. And I think so many people are going to travel, but you know, over is a, that's a big, that's a big statement and it feels really far away. A big wish. I know. <laughs> it feels so far. Know. far. We, we can't lose hope, Jessica. We can't lose hope. What do you, what do you Ashley. think, Ash? Um, you know, I feel like I have, I have two hats. So the, the travel agent hat that I put on is, I think, I think similarly to 2008 and 2001, uh, it's going to take Disney a while to be back to full full steam ahead. Um, people were just really reticent to travel in 2001. They were really reticent to travel in 2008 for obvious reasons. And so I think it's just going to take them time to build up to where they were before. Um, I think we are going to see some of the changes, like Jess said, I think hand wa- I think people are now a lot more aware of how germy theme parks are. Theme parks are so gross. <laughs> I think about it, and I was like, I feel like all of my friends who are big germophobes are probably like, see, I've been trying to tell people this for years. This is gross. Wash <laughs> well, your hands. Um, so I think, I hope that we will have, you know, those sorts of things stay. I think the park reservation system, my guess is that will probably remain for quite some time because it allows Disney to, to control the crowds. Um, in recent years, you know, for us, us Disney old timers, there's been a lot of feedback about the parks feeling that they've pushed to capacity, that they're overbooked, that there's too many people in them, you know, that your experience is no matter what you do, you're going to be standing in line for three hours kind of thing. Uh, so I think, I think we will see that. Um, I also, I hate to say this, but you know, from a financial perspective, I don't necessarily know if people are going to be putting all of their money into a really expensive theme park vacation right away. That's what I'm thinking Uh, too. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, I think that could go either way. I think 
you know, I'm, I'm, I look at, I know we're talking about Disney, but as a comparison, I look at Universal, where Universal is really pushing hard to get people to, to buy annual passes and park tickets and putting out all oh sorts gosh, of deals. Amazing deals. Amazing right deals. Oh at least at Orlando. Now, I don't know about Hollywood. Um, and then, you know, Disney is trying to navigate that a little bit, uh, but it's still expensive. It's an expensive trip. Yeah. I mean, I, I, every time I go to Disneyland, I end up either having to donate an arm and a leg or um, <laughs> usually I'll just give my wallet to the counter man and just be like, here, have fun. But yeah. I think that Start a tab. I, I, I assume <laughs> that maybe they'll give thought to maybe lowering prices because of this pandemic and what it's done to the economy and people, I would assume that while Disney's original theme was to bring families together to enjoy the park, it wasn't to make you broke, but we understand that it brings tourism and, you know, everything costs a certain amount of money. And with, with the demand of Disney, it's very, very popular. So I would assume that when this is over that they may give thought to that. I, that's just wishful thinking, but I would, I would think it would be nice if they did. Yeah. I mean, historically that's, Historically, that's what they've done, but they, they do it in a way where, um, it, you know, they offer discounted rooms, discounted tickets. Uh, they're usually in some sort of package deal. Uh, for a long time, that was kind of the goal of, of free dining, which was, uh, you know, come stay five nights and get the dining plan for free for five nights. Or, you know, book three nights and get two days free or whatever it was. Uh, that's how they handled 2001. That's how they handled 2008. I think... This is going to be this is going to be me, me deep diving real geeky right now. I think the bigger problem is going to be what happens with the film division because they're all Mulan's, Mulan's yeah Mulan's release date is pushed back. Yeah. Uh, you know the international film market is where Disney gets a lot of their money from, and if if people aren't going to the movies or watching movies because they're not putting them out there, that's going to be a big cash squeeze on. Uh, the other divisions. So um, I think that is going to be a, a bigger tell. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of projects that have been going on or that have been rumored or at least been like started that might just get scrapped altogether. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that they go the route of discounts and packages and deals and all of those things. Um, but I also think that just like a lot of other businesses, they're probably trying to figure out how they're going to make up a lot of the, the, money you know yes. they probably predicted like 2020 all of these movies were supposed to come out and now oh, they're gosh. not um you know Mulan had huge international figures projected for it uh for, you know we were excited the second I heard Mulan was going to push I was like seriously now that I'm like what? like I was so excited it was like the one thing I was looking forward to this summer yeah. so um I, I think that that's going to be a, a big a big tell as well uh, I, I'll take it back to Jessica I'll let you uh, actually go ahead and take to that um, mouse that I hear uh, eating your paper in there. Um, what is that, Ashley? Is it impressive? What, what, what is know, it? Something. something my microphone? It just sounds like something, something's crinkling, cr crushing. Here, might be my shirt. Maybe hold it like this when you're talking there. That'd be good. Nikki's eating all his money. Just get yeah. That's good. Uh, same question for you. Oh, gosh. I agree with everything Ashley said. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, you know, uh, I'm afraid for Disney, but I think that they have some good people in charge right now. And I'm honestly, I'm worried for the, as a former cast member myself, 
Uh, I was a cast member in college at, in um, Orlando at Pleasure Island. You don't even know what that is, Damien. You don't even know what that is. I know um, that what that is. Yes. Thank okay. You for <laughs> um, I am one of the cast members who were furloughed, who, you know, and um, I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm, I'm worried, but they, I think that they have good people in charge and so hopefully they'll make the right decision. But do I think they'll lower ticket prices? No, but I, but maybe do something like, <laughs> That's remember a the year firm, ago? Firm no coming <laughs> from you. Uh, but do I think maybe they'll do things like you can go for free on your birthday. Remember how big of a promotion that mm-hmm. was that year. Some people thought that, that went on for a year. It was one year yeah. and people still talk about how great that was. People still um, ask maybe, to this day, can I still go on my birthday for free? No, <laughs> like, <laughs> so long ago. Like 15 um, years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right, it was one year, and people talk about like, oh yeah, you can just go. It was like, mm, you might Google that before you show up. Um, but so maybe things like that, or like Ash, there was something maybe with free dining. But I think other parks are for sure. I mean, you know, going back to Six Flags, Knots, Cedar Point, I think they they might have to, but Disney doesn't have to. <laughs> before before we wrap up, I wanted to really revisit. Um, uh, at, at, from from my prior podcast, I, I, not prior, I still do it. We're just on hiatus, but on Retro Game Night, it was all about nostalgia and it was all about what it did for us as as kids playing some of these games and how it affected our adult life. Um, with Disneyland and Disney World, with both of your experiences, what are your most favorite memories going to the park? Oh my gosh, there's so many. One that stands out maybe the most <laughs> when you were younger. From when I was younger, my gosh, I was there at the 15-year celebration with my family, and there was a song. I'm not going to sing the song. <laughs> All right, I'll sing the song. 15 years, we're having a party about Disney World. Oh, my gosh, this is so bad. Do not hire me to sing. Actor and, and singer, um, Jessica. <laughs> and my family would sing it the rest of the year, and we would always just – that would just make us so happy. Um I remember seeing the castle for the first time at age seven. I remember riding the monorail and all of those things stay with you. And I think a large misconception about um, people who are, who see adults who like Disney and want to kind of be like, Oh, you're an adult who's into Disney. Remember Walt made the park. If we're going to get specific about it, Walt made the park for adults. I mean, he made it as a place. He was at, sitting at Griffith park, looking at the carousel and saying, wouldn't it be great if I could come up with a, there could be a place where adults and kids could love. And now as an adult, I find different things that I love about going to the park than I did as a child. Like, I mean, the way that I go to the parks are completely different and my happiest experience. I mean, probably the day that Ashley and I got to ride the Lily Bell and, oh, and the time I got to, and we, when we got to go to club 33 at Disneyland, I mean, those are our memories that I'll have for the rest of my life where as a kid, I would have been like, Oh, you got to go to a restaurant and you rode a train. Like, no, I got to ride Walt's <laughs> private train and I get to go to Walt's private club and sit and have a mo- you know, a drink at looking out over New Orleans Square. I mean, those are just super happy memories. And I'm proud to be an adult who loves Disney and you appreciate it more. You, you appreciate it more now. You know, I'm proud to be a Disney geek. Um, I think being a geek as an adult is a good thing. You know, that's why I love the, the name of this, making a geek and your retro game night. That the idea that you know this world is so 
if you read Twitter for five minutes, you're going to feel really gross. You know what I mean? There's yeah. just a lot of negativity and awfulness, especially right now in this political climate and this world. And, but you step inside the gates of, of, you know, the idyllic Disneyland, I think Disneyland in particular, and it just fills you with nostalgia and smells and customer service and happy families and happy couples. And I think it just gives you like that little bit of like, huh, humanity was maybe not so bad. Not so bad. <laughs> yeah, sometimes even if it can be a little bit of a fantasy, it's a nice fantasy to escape to. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware that it's a fantasy. I'm aware they call it fantasy land for a reason, but... But I think that that's, we all need a little bit of that in our life. And Fantasy even if can be very therapeutic. I, I'll agree with you right? on that. Mm-hmm. That's why I love geek fashion and just having just like that little bit that like maybe somebody wouldn't know if they, if they weren't looking for it, but you know, and it just sort of reminds you of things that you love and a happier time. Ashley, how about you? Uh, I have a lot, but um, one of my favorite memories is, so as a, as a child, we went, almost every year, my parents and I, and, um, and when I was in high school, I was, uh, in our musical theater program, I sang in chorus. I will not sing on, unlike Jessica, I will not sing. (laughs) Um, but we, uh, we're very lucky that we got to go to Disney world and perform. So it was the chorus and the marching band. Um, and the way that the program used to work is that the marching band marches, uh, opens the parade. Um, and as, as choral singers, we got to perform at Epcot. And so, Imagine uh, a bunch, a large group of musical theater nerds, girls, ages 14 to 16, 17, all Disney fans just running around Disney World with no parental supervision. And we were at Magic Kingdom, uh, and I had mentioned to one of my friends that I had never met Cinderella, that in all the years I had been to Disney, I'd never met her. And somehow, this was long before New Fantasyland was open. This was back when Mickey's Toontown was still there. Um, somehow, we, this was also back when you couldn't find the character, like you had to stumble right. across it was them. like hard. Yeah. You didn't know where they would be. Yeah, there wasn't like a schedule. Uh, we figured out where she was going to be. So we go and we get in line, again, loud, like eight loud, obnoxious, high on sugar girls. And uh, <laughs> the cast member very kindly tells us that he's going to let other families go ahead of us, which is basically him being like, y'all are obnoxious. Yeah, please I'm leave. Not gonna, yes, please <laughs> leave. So I was like, and I was like, no, 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 we need to meet her. We need to meet her, whatever. So finally, somebody took mercy on us. They led us through the VIP, like there was like a back entrance for VIPs. So we go down this like CM tunnel, not decorated, just all cast very member. strange. Cast member, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> and we come out into the, the room where you get to meet Cinderella. And, and I'm first and she looks at me and she's like, princess Ashley, I've been waiting for you. And I <laughs> literally lost my mind. It was like 14. I was like, Oh my God, Cinderella knows my name. I've been waiting my whole life to meet her. This is like, and I have a photo of it. And you really tell I'm like sobbing as I'm like standing next to her taking this photo. Um, and that is a, a level of magic that, you know, I, I think about a lot when I talk to people about going on their first Disney trips is you can't, there's, there's no way to, you can't force that to happen. It's one of like the organic things that, that Disney brings us. And as adults, if we are willing to just embrace it and go with the flow, we can have some of those similar memories. I mean, Jessica and I got to ride the Lily Bell because we just happened to be chatting with a cast member and, 
And I just That's flat so out funny. was like, can you get us on the Lily Bell? Like, well, whatever. I mean, he's here. Let's ask him. Um, and it turned into one of like the greatest experiences. Oh, so, so amazing. Um, oh. I think I think that's what people, I think people think that as an adult who loves Disney, you just walk around with Mickey ears on all day, which like they're, yeah, I mean, we do that, but um, we also get to really enjoy a lot of the stuff, like Jess said, that you don't really get to appreciate as much when you're a kid. And that gives you literally a lifetime of memories um, and experiences and the things that you learn. Like I've learned so much, even in my, you know, adult years about engineering and the psychology imagination. Of being, yes <laughs> and the psychology of being a theme park uh guest and you know all of those things and it um it just it just brings something new to my life every year yeah. if not walt and we're both such fans of walt and the imagineers and the scientists that are behind all of this if you haven't seen the imagineering story on disney plus you must watch it. You must watch. It. If not for only the five minutes at the end where you see what they're doing with Marvel Land at DCA. Yeah, I did, oh I did see that on there. I have a lot of catching up to do actually with Disney Plus. I've been trying, but I've been pretty busy. <laughs> you're you're a Marvel fan, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Although you if, have, if my poster behind me kind of tells you a little DC too. <laughs> you have That's to page watch like, the last, You have to watch like the last five minutes of the Imagineering story, if nothing else, to be able to see something really amazing. What could it be? Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Really, yeah, really amazing. Anyway, sorry. What do you guys think of I was I was I was gonna ask this and I forgot. Uh, Marvel Land. Uh, tell me your thoughts on that before we go. I've I've been excited for it. Um because uh, as a Marvel fan, just in general, and I'm excited to hear everything that they're doing. And just because I think that it, it belongs there. It's a good spot for it. Bugs Land was one really great ride, but you can still see it at Animal Kingdom. And like, what was it doing at DCA? So yeah, it was kind <laughs> of, a, on, it was a lot of moving on. kids love Marvel. I think this is huge. Um, but, but especially when I saw what they're planning for a certain character experience that's going to be out of this world and if you know what i'm talking about but i don't want to spoil it no no oh, i haven't yeah. read a single thing about it so i'm waiting oh, to be it's going to blow your mind it's going to blow your mind if you're a marvel fan especially yeah awesome so thumbs up for me and she's a huge captain america fan so captain america is like her boyfriend so. there you go okay <laughs> you <know laughs> but i'm also just somebody. excited for it. i mean i'm just excited for it you know i think I wish they could take the incredible Hulk coaster and move it out there. But um, I I, I'm, I'm excited for, for all the possibilities that I Marvel bring. I mean, there's just so much, there's just so many characters and so many storylines and, and worlds. I, I just, I think that there's just a lot that they can do with it. And I'm excited. I can't to wait to have a pim pretzel. That's this big. They're going to be huge. <laughs> They're like these pretzels. that like feed your entire family <laughs> from Ant-Man. You know, pim. Anyway, it's going to be like, uh, uh, yeah, a whole family fed off of what, uh, maybe a hundred dollar pretzel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just picture like, remember when you used to be able to pull the sword out of the stone at Magic Kingdom? Like, are we going to do that with Thor's hammer? Or like, oh, yes, do so it. You can call me. I'm an ideal lady. It's fine. I'll take, you'll take, you just can pay me money for Some it. Some sort of scavenger hunt with the infinity stones, right? Wouldn't that be fun? Like, to go to different this, places. Is this is literally what we did. And then we were like, we should just record ourselves and put it on the internet. <laughs> All right, Disney, if you're listening, listen to these ladies. <laughs> and we're family friendly. We don't swear on our podcast. Well, you ladies are doing a very good job on your podcast. Congratulations. I don't know if you're heading into another season of it or how many episodes you've done, but. Uh, 20. 20. 
Officially <laughs> 20. Episodes. We're going into episode 21. Coming 21. Out like okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That is amazing. In a year, right? Year? Has it only been yeah. a year? It's only been a year. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, that's going to be great. And I can't wait to finally be out of here and go back to normal, normal life and go back to Disneyland. Disney World, finally, I can experience. But appreciate you, ladies. Uh, before we go, where can folks find you? Oh, thanks for asking. Uh, everything is uh, under the umbrella of themeparkettes.com, themeparkettes, E-T-T-E-S. Uh, we are on Instagram at the themeparkettes. And I, my personal is at actor Jessica Gardner. And mine's at happy go Ashley. Awesome. You can find me on Instagram at Damien underscore DeCarlo and also at making a geek underscore podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep calm and geek out. Good night, everybody. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Damien. You're doing the Lord's work, Damien. <laughs>